Welcome to episode four, Twisted Lister. Welcome, Todd Harrison, joining me as they do every time we do this. Today, we're going to count down the best soundtracks of all time as we get ready for Oscar week. I was going to say here in L.A., but neither of us are in L.A., thankfully, because we don't need to go to L.A. Uh, so Oscar week coming up, and of course, we're going to give it a, a music theme, counting down the best soundtracks or our favorite soundtracks of all time. I wanted to start, guys, with a story from, from this week. I, I had a little bit of a bout of depression after I was sitting at happy hour on Friday and sitting next to a, a woman who works in my office, and I was supplying the music during happy hour, and a Death Cab for Cutie song came on the, the, the jam box there. And she turns to me and she goes, this, this reminds me of college. And I found it so depressing because it kind of is a, <laughs> a, like a timestamp of our age. And it also, it not, well, only, yeah. not only did it make me feel old, because obviously we were well beyond college by the time Death Cab, I Will Follow You Into the Dark uh, was, was a hit, but also it made me realize how shitty the music was when we were in college and just out of college. Like we literally were in college for the shittiest music era of of all oh, time, I know. Ta- yeah, Limp Bizkit. Yeah, seriously. I still got my chocolate starfish. Oh no, I agree. As yeah. far as pop pop music is concerned, that was definitely it a was low bad point for pop music right around two thousand. It was so yeah, sad. I mean, yeah, so sad. It made me so it made me really sad to to have that conversation and and she kind of put it in perspective because obviously I think a lot of the stuff that came out. You know, we know, obviously, once the stroke started and then you got into a lot of the indie rock, including Death Cab and My Morning Jacket and, and some of the other stuff, uh, you know, I think rock picked back up. But, man, that time in the late 90s and really early part of the 2000s was just the bad. Creed, was, Creed era. Yeah, I had Creed. a I had a flashback to, to Creed Ooh. and Fred Durst, and it was bad. Right. And know? not coincidentally, also the height of the boy band and, you know, Britney era as well. Yeah, I think that happens in every that happens in every generation, but more so on the rock right. side of things. And then it was also the downfall. It was the end of the great hip hop era, the '90s. You know, I think um, it was it was kind of I don't know. It was just a low point. Uh, then again, Stankonia did come out around that time, which is obviously one of the classics. But so did Master whatever. P. It was just a bad. It was. I mean, what I'm saying is it was just a bad experience, and I hope that you guys don't have to live through something like that to to replay the Fred Durst and Scott Stepp days in your head. Anyway, uh, I know Harrison lives with it every day because he attended Woodstock '99. So, dude, I there, I lit, I lit the first match, man. That yeah. shit was awesome. <laughs> you and Tom Morello. Uh, so, so uh, anyway, we're counting down the top five, our top five soundtracks here as we get ready for Oscar week. I'm excited to do this, and uh, it should be an interesting list. And you know, it's funny how music is so generational because I have a feeling. Last week, we of course all were unanimous picking. Joe Cocker's um, I Get By With A Little Help For My Friends as the number one Beatles cover of all time, and I think that's because we grew up on the Wonder Years. So we'll see what happens this week. Harrison, you want to kick it off? Sure. Uh, yeah, so top five um, top five motion picture soundtracks. Now, uh, for my for my purposes, I uh, eliminated any musicals, so Todd, our lists aren't going to match up. Oh, much. man, come on, you should have <laughs> no, told me. I, no I, Sound of Music, no, no West, Side West Side Story. story. No West Side, oh. I, have the, I, I have a note right here, that Harrison, that says, no West Side Story allowed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I got to so, go back um, to the drawing board. Scratch here. Scratch. My goal is to, you know, look, look for, I mean, albums or soundtracks that meant something to me outside, you know, a little bit more outside of the actual uh, movie itself. You know, things that kind of had an impact on their own that was my goal um so starting off at the bottom number five top gun 
Oh, interesting. Top pick. Gun. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's got some great hits on. You got some great Kenny Loggins on there. Danger Zone, obviously. Track right. one. Playing with the boys. Who can forget playing with the boys? And I then, might have uh, forgotten that. I might. <laughs> yeah. Take my take my breath away. You know. The, yeah. The this love is theme. Nah, this is incredible. You're right. This guitar yeah. riff here, or whatever it is, oh, yeah. it's maybe maybe a Casio. I'm not sure, but yeah. Oh, the whole thing and the Top Gun anthem, track ten. Beautiful. Oh yeah, that is a great tune. Yeah. My brother woke up to that every day for a year. Stuart did. It's pretty funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. He's gonna love that you just outed them on that. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, you shouldn't wake up to that every day for a year. And if you I'll tell you, I, I, no, that's true. I did not see the Top Gun soundtrack uh, coming on anyone's list. So this is I, I this show should be full admit, of surprises. I will admit it's on my Spotify playlist, but there are over 110 songs, so it's not that exclusive. <laughs> So moving moving on from there, uh, I went with uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" Just because oh, um, I, I think it was a good it was it was a, a cultural moment. You know, the uh, "Man of Constant Sorrow" was a huge hit, and it also sparked a bit of a, a minor folk revival. You had uh, a mighty wind that came out after that, I think, in direct response to that movie. Um, you know, and there were tours and everything else that people did, kind of based around that as kind of a, a very a very quick folk revival. So no, that's a good I, call, and it's interesting in the age of Mumford. That yeah, that, you know that was like 2000, so we're talking 14 years ago. But that, that's yeah. true. That's the whole. It was whole... kind of a cultural moment. Yeah, that's a good Harris. That's a really good pick, actually. Or you know, not a surprising pick, but the the reasoning is really good. You're right. That did that definitely did spark a lot of this uh, alt country slash folky kind of revival thing uh, with Mumford and T Bone Burnett, obviously being involved in a ton of albums since then. So yeah. that's a great call. And, yeah, and it's just it, I think the the Cohen brothers do a great job with music. Going back, I mean the Big Lebowski soundtrack you could talk about on its yeah. own. Oh yeah, it's a great. Um, I'm really I haven't seen Inside Luan Davis yet. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah, their new movie. I really want to see that because it's I mean it's all about music. And so great, guys... yeah, great track from Marcus Mumford and the the lead guy in the movie who now I can't remember. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Thank you. Yeah, it's yep. a great song. I mean, it sounds like any other M Marcus Mumford song, but it's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number three, I'm going to throw in a curveball here. Um, and I saved, actually, I saved a few because I know you guys are, I don't want to overlap too much with you guys here. But uh, number three, another curveball, Judgment Night. Oh, oh damn. Oh, Scott, my God. Like oh, I, I can't believe I overlooked <laughs> Judgment Night. Oh, my. It's, oh, Harris, oh, hold on. I thought that was going to be on your list for sure, this, this entire episode could be devoted <laughs> to Judgment Night. Oh, I can't believe that I forgot. Judge, hold on. We've got we got to pause right now. <laughs> I, this needs, I feel this, like I'm just going to play. First track, man. The, oh. This, Helmet and House of Pain? This is, yes. This is incredible. Hold on. When does Everlast start? Right here. <laughs> He's coming in. Oh, this is amazing. Wait, we're going to go track by track. I feel like we have to. What's this one? <laughs> Teenage Fan Club and Dela? Are you kidding me? This is a good track, too. It's nice and mellow. Which is the Pearl Jam Cypress Hill track? Which one is uh, that? Last track, number 11, Real Thing. Oh, okay. Let's take a listen to that. <laughs> this soundtrack is so much fun it is just it is so for people who don't know the soundtrack came out uh, i don't know probably 1993 and uh the producer of it was a genius and matched up a whole bunch of grunge artists with um popular uh, uh, uh r&b and hip-hop rap uh pretty hardcore rap acts for the time onyx ice t 
yeah, uh, you know, those kind of guys and uh, had each of them pair up and do a song and they all are actually pretty cool. <laughs> uh, the same producer actually went on and did the Spawn soundtrack doing the same thing for um, uh, rock. What's on and, the Spawn uh, soundtrack? I don't, I don't remember that. Um, God, I don't even know. I can't even tell you anything off the top was of my head. It, but it was, was it a it rock was a, rap collaboration? It was, no, it was, it was rock uh, electronica. Oh, okay. Wait, can we just keep playing Judgment Night tracks? Well, sure. I, I don't mean to say what was. I don't know the Spawn. I mean, we could check out the Spawn. No, we don't need to. Okay. I, was just, I was just saying that they went on and did. What another, was the song? Yeah. There's a song on Judgment Night called "I Love You, Mary Jane," which I'm assuming involves Be Real in some way. How is Cypress Hill? It's, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth. <laughs> of course it is. Oh. <laughs> How does? Wow, this is it, huh? Oh my God! <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Deep <laughs> Cypress Hill. It's like it's they just mashed. It's basically Cypress a Cypress Hill song with Sonic Youth guitars on top of it, just making noises. Yeah. All right. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm not really hearing Sonic Youth. Yeah, I don't. I don't there. think that. I don't think a lot of people were in, were committed or invested in this project, but it came out pretty cool. Oh, I think the project's amazing, and but we could. I have to say, Scott was like nuts about that when it came out. So I love that you picked it. Because he didn't pick it, but like I remember when that came out, Scott was like, "This is brilliant. This is amazing." And it, like, it's funny because it, I agree with Scott in a lot of ways. It was a kind of ahead of its time, or at least a sign of the times. And and it never really, you know, caught on like some other soundtracks do. It, but yeah. that doesn't mean it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was again. It captured a moment. I think. It's amazing, so. is what it is. And the movie is incredible with Jeremy Piven and Dennis Leary, and they get stuck. Uh, trying to go through a bad neighborhood while going to a bachelor party or something like that, right? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> good call, Harrison. Good call. Thank you. Thank you. I, th I thought you guys would appreciate that. Um, <laughs> moving on from there, I'm going to go with um, – geez, this, this is tough because I, I want to leave some uh, – because I know you, you guys are going to talk about it, but I'm going to go with The Crow here as my number two. Oh, oh nice. shit. Another one nice. I forgot. Harrison, no, that was, really? that, yeah. No, that's a great call. It was a yeah. heavy contention for me. I put a bunch of songs on the playlist, but like I didn't, it didn't end up in my top five, but it's a great yeah. call. Yeah. It's, it's good. I don't, I, there's not a lot, like a, a ton of original stuff on there, I think, but it's, it's still like a really good um, mix of people. You know, you got everybody from the Cure to Rollins band on there, Helmet, Pantera. God, it's, it's awesome. And, no, I agree, you know, man. I listened to that so much. I remember when that came out. But you yeah. have a, you do have a great mix of people. And and uh, Rage actually, Rage had a great song on there. I think Darkness. Yeah, Darkness. Yeah, that's that, Nine, Nine Inch Nails. And actually, Violent Femmes somehow in the Cure. It's kind of weird that they're on there, but it's cool that they yeah. have. And obviously, STP had the big hit. So. That was so. I've got yeah. a story big on empty. that on that one. When I heard Big Empty, it was it was. I thought it was the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean that was honestly like I remember hearing no, that. I loved one of those, it. I loved one it, of those you know. moments you have, and as a, as you know, as a kid, and and, and you know, and, and discovering music, and I I literally I was like, this is there's never going to be another piece of music released that's as good as this. This is amazing, oh, yeah. and we are so lucky to live during this era when the Big Empty is released. So, yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, 1994 was a heady time. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, but the was a great call because it like that was a period of hard rock, I think, hard rock, metal, whatever. I at least, again, generationally, I think for us, you know, that was kind of the height of my probably hard rock metal fandom. So that's a good representation, I think, for people of our our generation. Yes. 
So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to make it out of the 90s, guys, so uh, I'm oh, hoping man. you guys have some more contemporary picks here. My number one, and I think, you know, uh, we'll see if you guys, uh, what you think about this, but uh, another soundtrack that I think stood on its own outside of the movie, though, is it, it, it very closely tied to it, is uh, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's a popular so, one. Yep. That was not yeah. what I was expecting, but yeah. still, it's actually... I figured, well, I thought that would end up on someone's list. Okay, uh... Good. That's a good list. That's man. it. That's it. We don't even get to talk about it. Yeah. No, dude. Well, that's a great well, call. It's yeah. It's in my top five, so that's okay, why I wasn't okay. going into it more. But I All think right. it's. I mean. Yeah, we can talk. We'll talk about it on years. Talk now. about it more, but I no, it's a great call. So I, it's you can't argue with it. I think. I mean, as a Tarant, you know, Tarantino fan. I well, saw that movie a, more times in theaters, I think, than probably any movie ever, that I, you know, really? ever, ever. Yeah, I saw that movie partly because of the two dollar Aspen movie theater. I oh, thought. Nice. But, uh, I thought you've been going to Frozen every weekend. Oh, uh, well, you know what? That might that yeah. may surpass it. Yeah. Surpass you just like it, to do not. the Frozen sing-along. He hasn't, <laughs> been, he hasn't been since that awkward moment came out. Yeah. Yeah, that awkward moment. Or la- Wait, you, you remember that time a few weeks ago, Ty, when you were at the movies and you watched Frozen, Labor Day, and that awkward moment all back-to-back-to-back? Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. That was a killer Yeah. Killer. Yeah. So anyway, Tarantino does a great job with soundtracks. You can talk about Reservoir Dogs and um, Kill Bill yep. too, also having very iconic soundtracks. So, anyway, that's my list. Todd, wow. what do you got? That's a uh, that's very solid. And we we have, as I say, at least one overlap and a couple of them that like Crow that I definitely uh, it was hard for me to to not. I'm actually, yeah, I'm expecting you to pick up some of the slack because I left some stuff off off my list that I think yeah you get you'll have. Yeah. So I uh, I definitely went. I went some pre-90s and some post-90s, but I think the bulk of mine is also 90s. Um, so, let's see. I had uh, number five. Well, actually, I had... Uh, oh, everybody, yeah. this is a this is a real Sorry. glimpse into the life of Todd right now. His, his brain <laughs> is going in ten different directions, even though he's been preparing for a week, for actually two, two weeks, weeks for this. Two weeks. Yeah, he's yeah. still... There's a little bit of indecisiveness. Yeah. Well, this, it's okay. I, I thought we were doing top three. We're doing top five. It's okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw one in there that you guys, I'm pretty sure you would not have on your list. It's definitely an older one. Um, but to me, and, and I think I know for at least my brothers as well, we listened to the hell out of this soundtrack and the tape of it. But it was the Big Chill soundtrack. Oh, sure. And, okay. uh, it nice. was an amazing compilation of like mostly Motown songs and a lot of oldies. Um, but we listened to it so much, and it gave us this, I guess, you know, a different appreciation of some of the oldies in Motown music, but you know, if you haven't heard that soundtrack, I think it, it is more of a. I think that my uh, part of the conflicts here, whenever you're picking soundtracks, is you go with something that's a compilation, which is essentially the director's mixtape, which is kind of what Tarantino does. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. or do you go with something that's like original new music, um, which you know, The Crow and Judgment Night, those kinds of things are newer music. So anyway, The Big Chill is one of my. I tried to go more towards the original music, new music. Mm-hmm. But but I did think Big Chill, at least for me, kind of held this special place back in the 80s just because we had the tape and we listened to it so much. But it had Smokey Robinson, Tracks My Tears, had uh, Aretha Franklin. Uh, it just, I don't know. That was a killer soundtrack. Anyway, number four, uh, Reality Bites, 90s Ooh, classic. Nice, nice. Um, I had to put that on there because, again, I, I think I mentioned the 20th anniversary just happened, so it was on my mind, 20th anniversary of the movie. Um, but, again, that was mostly an original soundtrack, and I thought uh, – I don't know if Ben Stiller, how much he had to do with the soundtrack. He was the director. Uh, but you had some great stuff on there. You too. All I Want Is You from Rattle and Hum, which we don't need to get into again. But a great song, <laughs> which which plays at the end of the movie. And to me, actually, whenever I hear All I Want Is You, 
I don't think of Rattle and Hum. I actually think of Reality Bites because it plays at the end, and that's a pretty cool you know part of the movie, which I won't spoil it. Though probably everyone who's listening has seen it, I would think. <laughs> but uh, but it kind of wraps things up nicely. Anyway, it also has a great crowded house song, Locked Out. Um, it's got Lenny Kravitz, Juliana Hatfield, three, lots of '90s gems. So anyway, that has nice. to be on Good there pick. for me. Um, and number three, I did have Pulp Fiction. So there we go. I share that with Harrison. Um, you know, as I I thought that was kind of, I think it's the best example in movies that I can think of of musical curation in a movie because it's yeah. really Tarantino. You know, picked those songs. They were mostly older songs, either from the you know '60s, '70s, between like Dick Dale and some of the the disco or funk types of songs he had in there. Um, but you know, you hear almost you hear most of the songs in that soundtrack. And for me, I instantly think of the movie. Um, oh yeah. You know, let's stay together, Al Green, which of course was a big hit before. Um, but the cool thing about it was you had a whole generation of people our age. Um, you know, growing up in the 90s who hadn't heard, hadn't been exposed to a lot of that music. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear Son of a Preacher Man, or you hear uh, Jungle Boogie, or you hear any of these songs, and you instantly think of the movie, I think. So I think Tarantino has that incredible, I don't know, I think it was an incredible ability to... And I think the soundtrack probably had a wider appeal than maybe even the movie did, because, I mean, as much as we love Tarantino, there are people who are put off by him, but, you know, Son of a Preacher Man reach some people who uh, yeah. otherwise might not have had any interest in what that what was going on there. So That's true. And you got yeah. Ridge Overkill's biggest hit from Neil Diamond true. cover, yeah. which was kind of off a left field hit. And then, um, I don't know, that was, yeah, that soundtrack. And that soundtrack in 1994 was pretty much everywhere. You know, it was huge. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, that to me kind of was one of those defining soundtracks of Thank the, you for you know. thank you for validating my choice. Hey, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. And you could, you know, putting it number one, I can't argue with that necessarily either. So anyway, number two, this one is a little different, but um, to me, uh, let's see, to me it kind of, um, again, defined, and this is going back about 10 years or so, but the Garden State soundtrack. Uh, Good call. That was on my, was, lock, my list. Great yeah. pick. Yeah, great pick there. The Garden State soundtrack to me was uh, – I, You know – Oh, go ahead, Todd. Go I'm sorry. No, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Garden State, it's interesting. I, I rediscovered some of those tracks recently when I was doing a recent music nerd project and in indexing my iTunes library. I'll tell you guys about that another time. The entire audience <laughs> know about that. But I was basically re-indexing my iTunes library, transferring it to Spotify, categorizing it by genre. It's a whole new thing. Uh, I can't wait to, to share it with the world. But anyway, <laughs> I rediscovered some of the tracks on that soundtrack. I, I love. There's a track on that soundtrack that I love, and my list was basically done a, a lot on like I, I discovered tracks that I really loved through soundtracks, and I know it was a really shitty way to buy albums in the '90s, where we would literally fall in love with one track, obviously, and need to buy the entire soundtrack, just like we talked about with the Crow. Anyway, Bonnie Somerville, Winding Road. What an incredible! I love that song. You know that song on that on that album, Todd? Oh my gosh! Kinda, Isn't that towards the end of it? I kind of like, rediscovered it, and it's it's an amazing track. So anybody. Out Really? there looking that's for that's funny that's like uh, yeah it's one of the last ones i would have I, I think of i, I guess mean, but but it's it's solid start to finish uh it's yeah. not on spotify uh, no i don't think winding it, it's not because i was as i was doing this uh oh, okay i guess that's why i didn't yeah no know, go back so it. so yeah check out uh everybody check out winding road bonnie somerville i don't know whatever happened to you bonnie somerville i you know i always bring out these obscure female singers like i did with the beatles That's one right. too fuchs. um dana fuchs and now of course i'm uh i'm telling you about bonnie somerville so yeah check check that out anyway well a couple of things just about garden state i thought i think it's kind of the last as far as what i remember last great soundtrack before the death of the compact disc so 
because I okay. remember listening to that yeah. CD so much, and pretty much that was, I think, 2003 or so, but pretty much after that, you know, I think the iPod and iTunes pretty much took over, and you didn't really have CD buying. I mean, obviously, there wasn't a clear demarcation, and there are people still buying CDs, I guess, out there, uh, but probably not that many under the age of 60. I don't know. Yeah, also also an unforgettable scene. I mean, when he takes the ecstasy and that Zero Seven song is playing, that's just a great, great use of music right there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so Zach Braff, I give him credit because I think he was the one kind of well, that's you know that that's together. how he, he he pitched the that's how he pitched the movie. He said he went in he was just a, with a, a his mix CD and gave it to the producer and was like, "I want to make this." And just handed <laughs> him, handed him the mix CD. He's like, "This is the soundtrack to the movie I want to make," and, and that uh, that sold it. And of uh, course, the soundtrack that launched a million uh, Shins fans. I was gonna say so, also the <laughs> Shins. You got to mention the yeah, Shins. the Shins True. too. So. No, that's a great scene also. Yeah, that's a great call, Todd. Yeah. So anyway, but the last thing I'd mention is just there were a couple songs that like if you listen to them outside of the context of the movie, like the Zero Seven song and the Thievery Corporation song, they're decent. But it's just funny how when you put them with the movie, you know, they're, they it takes them to another level. The, so and, that's a cool thing. And I think, that's what I think makes a great soundtrack. Movies. That's you know, as I think about the different soundtracks that were mentioned, that's that's one that stands out where there are certain scenes you can actually tie in with the songs which i think is great and you can do the same obviously with pulp fiction and no brother where art thou uh but definitely garden state so i made one omission because in my trying to add five real quick if i if you guys will allow me just to mention uh uh the heart of they come soundtrack that was one that it's just a classic reggae soundtrack it's it it was kind of it was interesting because it was 1972 i think and it's jimmy cliff is kind of the predominant artist on there but Classic reggae soundtrack. Just wanted to throw that in. You could knock Big Chill off. That's fine with me. I just <laughs> me- I meant to put that in the top five. Did Jimmy so. Cliff just call you and ask you to put that on? He did, yeah, actually. That's, hey. That was payola at work right there. <laughs> just, hey, man, I thought you were putting me in the – you said I'd be in the lister. Uh, that's a so good, anyway, yeah, that's I'm going to throw that out there real quick. I won't go into a, it. Go ahead. Scott. It's a great song, man. I mean, this is – Harder They Come. Yeah. How, Jimmy Cliff just makes you happy. He does. You know, Harry, you know I heard. So I'm at the Kennedy Center. I heard Harrison questioning great. the Jimmy Cliff pick, but man. No, no, I'm not. Know, sure, I'm not questioning it at all. This is good. This. Oh, I'm done. I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm throwing the mic down. I'm just gonna throw the mic down and let this play. It's great. Yeah, great call, Todd. All you, right. Harry, you can get it if you really want. Many rivers to cross. Oh, that's Tons a great song. song too. Yeah. Well, like the cool thing about that that song is that it kind of. Uh, it, you know, it, it introduced reggae to a lot of people in you know early '70s that had never really listened to reggae. And it was before Bob Marley really blew up. Um, so, obviously, he was playing. So anyway, Harrison, that was a cool genre-defining thing. I mean, Todd, you're 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 um, you definitely have a theme here. A lot of a lot of. We well, see so you got harder they come with the weed. You got Garden State with the X. Reality bites, heavy <laughs> booze. I mean, you know, you you definitely have got a theme going with your list. So Pulp Fiction, yeah. there's oh, all and Pulp Fiction, heroin, with Pulp Fiction, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, now I want to look back at Harrison's list. I have to feel like, you know, drugs are probably a big of all these. Oh, things, big but... time, but mostly uh, prescription drugs. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, anyway, the number one one, which I actually thought you guys might have on your list, but my clear number one my single soundtrack. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. So that, that was, was a prohibitive number one. I left it left it on my off my list so yeah, you could uh, but, bask in that you glory. You hey, you could have put it. I figured you were gonna yeah. have it on there, but hey, that was my number one for me. That was kind of a you know your classic 90s soundtrack kind of defined the grunge movement and the decade, at least the early part of the decade. But, you know, you had just incredible stuff from Pearl Jam, Paul Westerberg, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, you know, 
I, that's a that's a very tempered review. That album is that is my clear far and away number one. I'll give it away before oh, I right. can do my oh. countdown. But yeah, yeah single right. soundtrack well, is whole... is my my clear number one. Harrison, I was surprised it wasn't on your list, but you explained the reason why. So yeah, Todd, yeah. full fully support the single soundtrack. Thanks for having me, Six. I'm sorry, Big Chill was booted, so sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Big Chill's a little weak. Anyway. I didn't feel like it belonged. It was a really weak pick, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on. It's, All right. Have you listened to it? It's a big compilation, but it's really just a mixtape, and I haven't actually seen the movie, so there you go. <laughs> I'm sure it's Is on. There... I'm sure it's yeah, on Bravo is... on the movies we love Look, segment on I'm, Bravo. If I could just. Yeah. You know, expunge it from the record. That's what I'm trying to do. So no. harder they come, I feel it's much more solid. There's no post-production on this show, as anybody who listens knows. So it's there. <laughs> it's not getting removed. That's All true. right, so I'll go with my top five. Uh, Reality Bites, I was going to pick oh, that nice. as well. So I put Reality Bites on the list for all the reasons that Todd mentioned. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, and I like what we do with these lists for the audience. You know, we kind of we just throw a topic out there among the three of us, and then we each interpret it in our own way. And like I said, for me, soundtracks are always this weird thing that I just – wasted money on basically because there was one track <laughs> that i would fall in love with and then i would end up buying the entire soundtrack and sometimes you would end up discovering new stuff and sometimes it would just sit in your big binder of cds uh for that girl who was in college when death cab was was big uh we used to have to take those to college <laughs> the big binder of cds but oh, yeah. uh, so i pick this one is uh is my pick for number four it could obviously be switched with the reality bites at five but uh in no particular order both these were after my top three so reality bites of five Dumb and Dumber at four. It was because I fell no. in love with the Pete Rose song. Uh, yeah. If you don't love me, I'll kill myself. Uh, I need you more. It's than, a great song. I need you more than an Eskimo freeze. I mean, come on, you can't get any better than that. Uh, and then, of course, there were also some weird songs on that, like Dead Eye Dick, which was a band that I discovered for better oh, or yeah. worse through that uh, ah. through that album. Yeah. What was so, that song called? Yeah. The Dead Eye Dick song. Dead new I, Age Girl. New Age, new Age Girl. Got a New Age Girl. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that was uh, so Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Number three, the Departed soundtrack. So bringing it up to the modern oh. era. The, I mean, the, uh. the 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 comfortably numb. I, I basically discovered that I I wasn't familiar with the Last Waltz, so I basically discovered that track that Van Morrison and Roger Waters doing comfortably numb. Ironically, Scorsese reuses it because he produced the last or directed produced the Last Waltz, uh, and then reuses uh, yeah. it. And and also shipping up to Boston and and some other great songs. And of course, you know, and Scorsese his use of music is is incredible. So uh, Departed Soundtrack no, at number three. You're, you're right. Goodfellas is also a great soundtrack. Yeah, Goodfellas is great, yeah. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, his connection with The Last Waltz and the, the Rolling Stones movie uh, from, you know, just a couple years back. What's it? Um, give me some light. Shed some light. What's it called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shine a light. Shine a light. Shine a light, yeah. So Departed at three. At two, uh, again, surprising this wasn't on anyone else's list, Days to Confused. The individual oh, songs, yeah. oh, not, wow. nice. you know, like the actual mixtape as far as I feel like the quality of music not that great, but the, but with the way it plays into the movie and it just meshes so well with the movie. I mean, you know, obviously, schools oh, yeah. out, schools out for summer. That's a classic scene when that plays in the movie, and you know, just it's a great. It, it basically is your primer on seventies rock. Days oh yeah, Fog Hats, you know? Slow Ride. Yeah, I yeah. Appreciation for that song. Uh, yeah, and I, Aerosmith, Sweet Emotion opens the movie. Yeah, too. that's right. Exactly. Oh, that's a great opening scene. So Days and Confused two, and then of course number one. That's a great one. Yeah, singles. I mean, it's my it's the 
go-to answer. Anybody asks you, what's the greatest soundtrack of all time? If you grew up in our generation, I don't understand how you would even argue with me. Unless you want to make an argument for Judgment Night. Uh, I think singles is <laughs> far and away the number one. I mean, you know, I, I really discovered Paul Westerberg through through the single soundtrack. I think I listened to both those tracks on the single soundtrack uh, probably five million times. Uh, and, and obviously oh, yeah. it was at the height of Pearl Jam's career, and there they end up putting two tracks on there. Uh, not to mention all the other guys that you had mentioned, Todd. It's it's just yeah, that, that that was amazing. I mean that that soundtrack was amazing, really from start to finish. You also had a Hendrix cut on there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, I, I think I think I think now. I th- oh, sorry, I, yeah, like you were gonna say Cameron Crowe, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, he does a great job. I, I, I think after listening to the list, I think the discussion now comes down to the number one is going to be between singles and Pulp Fiction. But let's first organize the bottom of the list because I think it's kind of, I think Reality Bites is, is obviously on there. And um, was there another runaway pick to be on the list? I can't. Well, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction and singles are on the list. Yeah. So let's order it after. So let's see. So now we're of course counting down our our five. Favorite you could put soundtrack. Garden State, maybe. I don't know. Garden State, I'd be cool with Garden State. Yeah, Garden State, I like that. Cool. Um, so Garden. Harrison, what, what else? Crow. I think Judgment Night. How do we feel about there? the Crow? I, no, I'd, I'd go Judge Judgment Night. I vote Judgment Over Night. The crow? Stronger. Right, I'm cool with yeah, the Crow isn't okay. strong enough from start to finish. I feel like Judgment Night just because it was so <laughs> bizarre and weird and like <laughs> right. no, it's no. it's and it hasn't been replicated. And they tried to re- you know it, it, it's funny that we started the 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 show discussing uh the the rap rock shit rock era of the late 90s and uh it they really tried to replicate that obviously and it it wasn't replicated what you had there is you had these bands who were taking they were the they were the biggest in rock and hip hop at the time i mean literally it wasn't like they were out there you know getting the lower tier bands they literally booked the biggest acts in both grunge and hip hop to do this album which was incredible and and um you know whether the output was any good i think harrison you brought up a good point where these guys probably mailed it in but you got to <laughs> give them credit for at least getting these guys to sign on and do it Hell of an effort. Yeah, okay, yeah. we'll go with that for number four. No, I'm, I'm, cool, yeah, with I'm that. cool with that. Is that four or five of the Judgment Night soundtrack? What do we... Oh, what was... What was I thought Garden State. Do you want oh, to make Garden it? State. Bites? No, no, I like I like Garden State at five, Judgment Night at four. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I like that. And then Reality... That actually... Reality well, Bites. wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know if I like Judgment Night that much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> five. What are we throwing in? Yeah, yeah. Five. It'll yeah, be outside. Yeah. It, it, Garden State. The thing about Judgment Night is it's not exactly something you go back and listen to all the time. Uh, so, but, but I Garden would State, love to see. To I would love to see Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill play that song live at some point. Oh, that'd be that'd great. Be amazing. Yeah. All right. So, so Judgment Night at five. Garden State at four. That leaves us with singles, Pulp Fiction, Reality Bites. Reality Bites coming in at three. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, so no, no Top Gun. I see how this is. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I don't, I don't. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's iconic, but is it something that I want to listen to a lot? I don't know. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Is yeah. It, uh, what's, what's the love song? Take my breath away. Yeah. Take my breath away. Berlin. Yeah. I listen to that multiple don't, times. I might don't act like you don't know it, Todd. I know, I know it. I just, I think it's Diane Warren, and I have to say, no, when looking back at Oscar history, Berlin. 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 Oh, I thought she wrote it. Okay, Berlin. she wrote so many Oscar-winning songs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely Berlin. I mean, Brilliant. Okay. so, uh, yeah, this was a classic, man. Come yeah. on, take my breath so... away. Oh, this is for you, Harrison. This will be in your head all day now. Oh, no. God, I can just picture myself 
making out with Tom Cruise. Don't end the sentence. All right, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to mention, though, you got to mention Righteous Brothers, right? I mean, if we're going to. Yo, that's a great scene. Yeah. Just a classic scene. Yeah, yeah. You've lost that love and feeling. I mean, I was at a party last night and people started breaking out singing that. So it still happens to this day, that reference. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's. That's a classic. Yeah, nice. that's a great, uh, great song. So I'll give you an honorable mention. Or a great scene, rather. All right. So number two is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, Scott, I think. Wow. That? Yeah, that that works. Uh, and then the number one is Singles with Harrison. I, interesting. Consensus you, you number leave, one. I just I looked it off the list you because us. I knew you both were gonna. Ha- I knew you both were gonna have it on your list. And you were right. We both like, had it number yeah, one. Yeah, it and is. Then, and if I had put it on, I would have had to leave Top Gun off. And then where would we be? That's yeah. true. No, the singles. I, Wow, I I I just I I would love to hear an argument for anybody who would go against singles being the number one soundtrack, and I think that it doesn't. I got, I got here. I got you right now. Because if I didn't play by my rules and and allowed a a, a, a musical in a quote unquote musical, then my number one would have been Purple Rain. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Purple Rain. I I thought I I actually I had those rules too, but I kind of thought the Purple Rain could have kind of. Still gotten in in some way, yeah. but yeah. Well, I, I was trying of, to I was trying to back it back in by having the Batman soundtrack on there to give Prince his due. Oh, it's really dude, that's a great Batman. song, Bat Dance, and he's he's going through the freaking museum there and he's painting the everything. Joker, right? Oh yeah. God, I love that song. I that song is I, I I think I taped that song off of the video. I put two little RCA chords in the back of the VCR and then I taped it onto a cassette tape and put it onto a mixtape. And oh now, gosh. but now you just get it on Spotify like this. This is amazing. Right. Sorry, we have to hear this though. Hold on. Nice. Yeah, and then he's walking through the museum, and he's painting everything green and purple. And Vicky Vale is freaked out. She's totally freaked out. She has no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> but Batman is coming to save the day. This is. Wow. Maybe the song wasn't that good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really hold up that well. But... That was a problem. I went back and actually listened to the Batman soundtrack, and that's why it didn't make it. Wait, yeah. is... I think it's one of those you got to be watching the movie. Does it get any better? Uh, I think the track Money or um, something. It's not Money. So. All right. Bad. That's enough of bad things. So, Everybody I, tuned out. Okay. I kind of disqualified like the single artist soundtracks, I guess, for mm. the most part. Yeah. Because like, you could obviously you could make the case for the Beatles. Because there's Beatles. Help and Hard Day's Night and Magical Mystery well, Tour and all that. And stuff. The Graduate, of course, too. So. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. The, I, I consider The Graduate, yeah. but and that is that deserves mentioning, but. Well, this or, was yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, this was, was a this was a fun list. So so number one, our favorite soundtrack of all time, singles. Uh, let us know if you agree or disagree. Two through five, being Pulp Fiction. Reality Bites, Garden State, and of course Judgment Night. All right, guys. Before we before we finish off, uh, the best or your favorite original song from a movie. I, it could be an Oscar winner, could be a non-Oscar winner. Uh, I, I'm assuming Harrison, you've already picked Bat Dance. Uh, so Todd will just go to you. <laughs> uh, well, I, see, I thought we were picking uh, favorite, like best. Uh, best music or you know best best song ever, but that's you know, fine. Right? Yeah, that's I, right, I did right. that. That's I'm just saying. Yeah, go okay. ahead. So so go, Todd, yeah. Todd, go ahead. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, you guys will not be surprised by my choice. I did go back and review all the winners, but I had to go with Streets of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Bruce Springsteen. Shocking. Uh, okay. It's an incredible song. I, You know, Bruce has actually done some great stuff in movies. doesn't always get – you don't think of him as a soundtrack guy. But anyway, I think it's a great song. It matches – it goes with the movie very well because the theme is about death and dying, which obviously, you know, Tom Hanks' character is going through in the movie. But 
I don't know. I think it's a great song. Um, there were some close calls, other songs that rival it, but to me, as a huge Springsteen fan, most listeners may know that. That for me was the winner. And the, so Harrison, you you like so that song better call. than the better than the wrestler track. Huh? I know that wasn't. A, I don't think the wrestler was a winner, was it? Maybe it, it was. wasn't a winner. Yeah, no, okay. no, no. You know what? Interesting story. I'll keep yeah. it short. But it was disqualified because it played <laughs> during the credits, which is total BS. It's a great total song. It should have won. It's yeah. an incredible song. And actually, not on Spotify, at least from what I could tell. So, anyway. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, for me, I thought I I didn't even think that this was a discussion. It was just gonna be my heart will go on. <laughs> of course. How could it not be? Harrison's, Harrison's mixtape is becoming uh, very painful right now. Take my breath away, Bat Dance, and my heart will go on. Yeah. Now, you put Bat Dance on my mixtape. I'm going to have that nightmares you, with yeah. that, that soundtrack tonight. <laughs> no, okay. Now, my real choice is 1971 theme from Shaft. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Good, good pick, of Classic. course. Yeah. Uh, mine is The Weary Kind, Ryan Bingham from Crazy Heart. Oh, that's a, a great, great one. Yeah, great song. It's a great soundtrack, nice too. Track. I almost put that in. Yeah. But that's yeah. a whole of a song. And T-Bone co-wrote, I think, right? Uh, yeah, and that's part. It's interesting because With that kind of that kind of ties into that whole alt country folk revival kind of thing. Definitely, uh, you rolled those sevens with nothing to lose. Love that song. Uh, best, the, no. yeah. Go ahead, go Ted. Ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna go back to the Cone Brothers, but we already yeah. kind of covered that. But they just, just do such a great job, and the yeah. Big Lebowski soundtrack is also a great. One. Anyway. Yeah. So now yes. picking our best original song winner for 2014 nominees are. Demi Lovato's song from Frozen, U2's song from the Mandela movie, Karen O's song from what is her song? From her. Her. It's from yeah, her. that's right. From her. And then of course uh, Pharrell and Happy from Despicable Me too. So Harrison, starting with you, your pick. Uh, well, uh, my personal choice is Happy, but I think uh, Let It Go is gonna win. Uh, but you know, Pharrell is the Randy Newman of our generation. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. he's got it. He's, he's gonna... <laughs> Pumping around, out. yeah. So yeah, happy, fun song. Um, but I don't think it's gonna win. I think, uh, I think this the first. Wait, happy is. Wait, happy is from from what movie? Despicable, uh, Despicable Me Two. Despicable Me Two. Okay, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, the the Frozen song I think is gonna is gonna take it down. And Todd, uh, this was a tough call actually. I didn't. I wasn't considering those two. I was considering uh the Moon song, Karen O, and. You too. I have to go with you too. That's, yeah. I think it's a great song. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Harrison once again. Once again, that song once that again might... proves that you two should have stopped making movie in the music in the twentieth century. It's just. Oh. It's I, look, I, I agree with you. Their their new output has not been. Their recent output hasn't been great. But I think the song. I don't know. I, think I it's, just it's, sorry. No, I get it, Todd. I'm just I'm just hating. Uh, it has the ingredients. Hey, look, if it's a classic U2 type of sound, so if you don't like U2, you're not gonna like the song. It's they're not breaking new ground exactly. Yeah. But I think it's a great song. It goes well with. I haven't seen the movie, but the subject matter, I think, with Mandela. This is for Harrison. Yeah. I I think this is a great song. So Harrison, yeah. I'm just gonna let it play. Is that your yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, now, like I do like you too. It's not get me wrong. I, I saw them when they came to Baltimore a couple years ago. That's they were right. We saw them together. Yeah. yeah, we were there together. Yeah. No, my my pick easily running. My pick running away is happy. Uh, the song is incredible. I think um, it is. Uh, I don't support Pharrell's bizarre hats that he wears, but uh, <laughs> that's a whole other topic. I think that that song is just an awesome awesome song and uh i i hope it wins and i think it'll be a, a you know it's it's i don't know how can you go against that song i like the u2 track 
Karen O, get out. Come on, Todd. Karen Bro, O. Dude, have you listened to the song? Yeah, it's, good. I, it's just not. Ezra Koenig, Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's, but you compare it to – I just don't feel like that's the right place for – compared with the other three. It's The other three are very poppy, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, that's my – I think it's a cool song. I like Karen O a lot. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't – let's – Let's be honest. Yeah. Karen O doesn't stand a chance in this in this race. No, she's yeah. not going to win. I'm not yeah. predicting a winner. I'm just. Yeah. I, I that was a tough That's call true. for me. Your I favorite. Did, yeah. I gotta go listen to Happy though. I'll go listen to that more. Oh, how? Let's well, first of all, all you need to do is walk outside of your house, and you'll hear Happy everywhere because it's playing basically <laughs> everywhere. Uh, so that was yeah. I thought that that uh. So so pick. I guess so. We all had different picks. We'll see what happens this week at the Oscars. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, and that's that's that. And then otherwise, news for the week. I was going to talk about Pharrell's performance at the NBA All Star Game. I thought it was pretty good. I he um he he opened the game. The whole thing was very bizarre. The spectacle. Like, he opened the the game with this weird routine with, and it was a it's a routine. That's the part that sucks. It's very cheesy and it's a routine. But he brought out. Uh, he brought out Buster Rhymes. He brought out Diddy. He brought out all these old aging hip hop guys. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was it was ah. cool. And it was during the player introductions, so it was it was interesting. Anyway, I was gonna give Pharrell some credit for that. Then it was weird. Then he did. <laughs> then he said, "You all know Chad Hugo," <laughs> and he he played the NERD song, <laughs> and it was oh, weird. That's, that's and great. and everybody's like, "Who is Chad Hugo?" And um, wow, I didn't know he's trying. To, he's still that's good. He's supporting his old buddy. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly, exactly. The halftime show at the All Star Game was kind of cool. So we talked about that a little. Yeah, bit, I thought but... the all, the 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 halftime show was really good. I got to give the All Star Game credit. I thought it was much better than what you normally see. Uh, you know, good salute to New Orleans with legends like Dr. John playing, and then of course also up and coming acts like Trombone Shorty and and Gary Clark Jr. and uh, yeah. Janelle Monae. It was yeah, it was it was well done. You know, the thing about all of these shows now, I think is it's kind of excess. Like the 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 Pharrell thing was really happy was really good and then there was one other track that he did that i uh, oh he brought snoop out and did his track with snoop and that was really good but then there's all this filler like the nard thing and like there's some stuff you're, you're just like you don't need all this and that's how i felt the same thing about the halftime show it's like if they had cut it in half literally cut it in half it would have been a really really good show but it was a little long i thought so yeah, but better thing. than the Super Bowl one, I would say. Yeah, I, I would say so. Trombone yeah. Shorty is so good. If anybody hasn't had the chance to see him, uh, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. He's Dude. he's so good. I can't wait to see him at Jazz Fest. He's yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be great. I definitely recommend seeing him. Uh, Bonnaroo announcement came out this week. Pretty yeah. underwhelming. Uh, both Todd and I <laughs> thought so. Harrison, did you see? What did you think of Elton John and and Kanye West getting the headlining gigs at Bonnaroo? Did you see uh, that? Well, El- Elton John is bizarre. It's a bizarre <laughs> choice. Like, I mean, I understand going like they 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 do have a good track record of bringing in the oldies, you know, the the guys from back in the day to play. But I don't know yeah. who Elton John's supposed to appeal to who's going to Bonnaroo. Yeah, it's weird. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really weird pick. Um, Kanye's Kanye. I mean, he's gonna go on three hours late. It's gonna be four in the morning before he gets onto the stage. So, uh, you know, for the people who manage to see it, I'm sure it'll be a fun show. But uh... <laughs> I don't know if it will be because this is not – you know what he's going to – he's going to do the Yeezus show, and we, we know what's right. going on with that. I mean, this is a train wreck, man. This is him yeah. ranting for 30 minutes. I mean, this is – 
No, this is not going to be the, the Kanye show that actually did come on, as we know, four hours late or six hours late, you know, back in 07 or 08. Uh, I mean, this is the Yeezus show. It's going to be a well-produced arena show with him doing the same thing that we've seen him do for the last six, seven months since this show hit the road. I don't understand why people are still going to see this show, and I'm extremely disappointed that Bonnaroo would go and support, for, support it for two reasons. Number one, I mean, the show looks like it sucks. You couldn't get me to go see that show. Looks like it sucks. <laughs> I, it looks so abs. It just seems boring and obviously self-righteous because it's Jesus. But it, it, it just seems very. It, it just doesn't seem interesting. And then number two, to support a guy who you know who who created a lot of problems for your festival five six years ago. I, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm yeah, that surprised me yeah. that they had him back. It's but it's guess, a yeah. sellout move, man. Money, I mean, money talks. We know that. But how, yeah. does it? But, but really, you know, and, and there's a lot to this. I, it's interesting that the, the, a lot of these these festivals are basically avoiding the EDM route because I would think you could bring in a big EDM act that would bring in just as many people. I mean, a, you know, a Tiesto or somebody of that caliber that would bring in that as many people. Instead, you go those guys. You know, yeah. the Kanye show is kind of tired, and even Elton John. Todd Elton John's been doing arenas for the last six months too, right? I mean, this yeah, is, I, I saw him a couple months ago in DC. And, and it's and a those, good show, but it doesn't fit in the festival. I don't think. No, these shows are, and, and the thing about these these uh, festival headliners now, and I saw McCartney at Outside Lands, and it was incredible, and the, the you know, is in Golden Gate Park, it was a great scene and all that. But I will say, it's the same McCartney show that he was doing in arenas for six months leading up to it. So you're just basically booking an arena show. It's it's nothing. I don't know. I I don't know if people are really gonna go just for that. I, and we didn't even mention Lionel Richie. Harrison, I don't know if you saw, he's one of the winners oh, at Bonnaroo. They got Lionel wow. Richie and Elton John. I'm like, well, who are you appealing to here? Yeah, like, what, is, did they invite a bunch of 60-year-olds to right. attend is this that, year? Is I mean, that their core demographic? I don't know. Well, but... my theory is they tried very hard and they tried too hard to avoid not repeating, right? So you think about who's yeah. at, who's on the road, and and I think that Springsteen and Pearl Jam would have been probably good fits, but they've been there, and they just tried too hard to not repeat. And and Neil Young is another guy, obviously, who's played before. I just, Dave Matthews you know, isn't busy right now. No, and I was Dave Matthews would have been a better fit actually than a lot of these these acts. So uh, yeah. it's but Scott, yeah. you made a good point. I think like Jazz Fest, they also appeal to older an older audience usually, but they did a much better job I think than Bonnaroo this year. Yeah, definitely. Their lineup together. Well, yeah, I mean even you know it's a great example. Arcade Fire would have been a better pick than Elton John, I would think, for the right. Bonnaroo audience. You know, right? Yeah. And Jazz Fest, they got Arcade Fire. You know, they did get Springsteen, but they also got Foster the People, Vampire Weekend, Yeah. you know, Clapton. It's a cool mix. Well, in the cool, in the Bonnaroo know. versus Coachella War for 2014, Coachella wins. I think Bonnaroo oh, won yeah, in 2013, down. but, yeah, Coachella wins. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Tickets went on sale yesterday. I'm sure they'll still sell out and, and uh, you know, but, but a weird yeah. pick. Uh, I was going to talk, too. We're, we're, I was going to say we're running short on time, but we're really not because it doesn't matter how long we go. Uh, <laughs> iTunes going to South by Southwest. Have you guys seen this story at all? It's, I I saw so, it. So, so it's this an is, odd thing. Yeah, like, this is. You know more about it. I'm this sure. is bizarre. You know, what's, what's going on? I mean, this is this is bizarre. So the, the iTunes festival, which took place in the UK, and it, they've done it for the past several years. Really interesting. You know, they, it's a it's a cool thing. They they stream every show live, and they do a month of shows in London, uh, and that's what they do. And it's all available on on Apple TV and and through iTunes and all that. So they've decided they want to put that in the U.S., so they've decided they're going to literally invade South by Southwest, and they are bringing to South by Southwest, are you ready for this, the first three acts they've announced, Coldplay, Imagine Dragons, and Pitbull. 
I couldn't think of acts that are wow. less South by. Yeah, it's you. If you had any doubt that South by Southwest had jumped the shark, that pretty much tells you right there. I mean, this it's 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 absurd. It's it's so bizarre. I, I and I know I you know I obviously being in the in the internet radio business, I kind I overanalyze it, but um, you know, from a marketing and business perspective really bad for the other brands that have devoted a ton of money to uh, marketing themselves at South by Southwest because you will not be able to compete with Apple now. Um, and I do feel like, uh, you know, it kind of sucks out what South by Southwest was all about. And I, I didn't fully, you know, there've been people saying that for the past several years and I didn't fully understand it, but when Pitbull is booked, then you kind of get it and you're <laughs> like, this is bizarre. So, well, you know, you just have to wonder what they were thinking, like Apple and like, you know, booking that, I don't know, it, you know, it doesn't even come close to what you would, Right. I don't know. Anything cool that you would associate with South by Southwest, but well, that's we, what surprised yeah, me. Yeah, and Imagine Dragons is as un-South by Southwest as you can get for a band, right? I mean, it's, it's right. just... Well, people might be up there, too, or Cole, <laughs> any, any of those three. If you were like, yeah. what would be the worst possible like things to book for this? Yeah. You know, those would be up there. But it's going to... But, 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 but it, well, what it will do is, it, you know, it's going to get a, a ton of attention, obviously, and take away attention yeah. from anybody who is literally trying to get attention and build their either brand or their music, which is what, you know, South by is all about. So I thought but that was interesting. Had... You have had like big bands promoting themselves, which is different than like a corporate festival. But you've had Metallica go there a few yep. years ago, and REM was there, and like there's so South by Southwest has been you know moving in that direction. No, but this is a different level. I I agree. It has been moving in in this direction, and this is the all time, you know, this is the I feel like this is the tipping point. But I you know. Who knows? Anyway, so that's that's uh, that's what's going on in music this week. And what's everybody listening to, Harrison? Uh, this week, uh, kind of inspired by our theme, I, I did uh, Sound City. Uh, I watched the movie, oh, uh, cool. and nice. the soundtrack David Grohl uh, wrote, produced, and directed, so he can add director and producer to his list of um, talents. It's a movie about uh, the Sound City re recording studio in Los Angeles. Uh, where Nevermind was recorded along with some like a, a like a laundry list of classic albums, uh, and uh, the first half is talking about the studio and this uh, the the Neve board, which was their big analog mixing board that they used for everything. Um, and the second half of the movie is Dave Grohl getting all the pe all of these old people to come in and uh, record with him uh, on the Neve board in his new studio that he he bought the board from what was left of Sound City put this. Uh, board in his studio and then recorded an album on it so he's got he's got uh people in there like uh uh the uh, brad wilk from rage against the machine because they recorded their first album on that board which is considered i think by a lot of people one of the best engineered albums of all time um rick springfield played with them uh lee ving uh josh homie does a couple songs from uh josh homie from uh queens of the stone age along with uh you know uh, Scott's favorite, Trent Reznor. Um, <laughs> and you got the Cut Me, Cut Me Some Slack, which is Paul McCartney right. and and the remaining members of Nirvana on it. Right, they won the um, Grammy, the Grammy yeah. for that. Right? Rock if, album of the year. If you're, if you're a music buff, which I think um, the, both of you might be and the people listening, I would highly recommend watching the movie and, and listening to the soundtrack. Uh, it's, a, it's really cool, really interesting to see how it all came together there. So. Is that on Netflix streaming for those out there? You know, I, I I don't know. That's oh, okay. not how I get my movies. Okay, but... just checking. Just checking. <laughs> it might be, it so might people be. know. I'm sure it's probably on iTunes. But speaking yeah. of iTunes, but yeah, uh, I think anyways. it it is. On, I think it is on Netflix. I think I saw it on Netflix. So okay, yeah, it's, I'll have to check that out. I've been yeah. meaning to 
see that. It's, it's really great, man. It's it. Dad, you need to check it out. And I think um, oh, cut me. I, I think cut me some slack was a really. I'm not saying it deserved the Grammy for best rock song, but it was a very <laughs> underrated song, and it didn't get enough love. And of course, part of that is the state of the music industry and the state of rock radio and all that. A, tra- a project like that's going to get it, it falls really into no category, but it's a great song. So even if somebody uh, doesn't have the time to check out the whole movie, you should definitely check out uh, Cut Me Some Slack because most likely you didn't hear it yet uh, because a lot of people didn't hear it. So yeah, but a great movie. Nice. So yeah, as far as uh, what I'm listening to, it kind of ties into what, I'm, what shows I've seen, but I saw Kings of Leon Friday night. Uh, and Gary Clark Jr., so that was kind of cool. So I was listening to both of them a lot. And um, and then uh, Young the Giant, going to see them tomorrow night. So those are a couple of things. Nice. Or, yeah, a couple of things that I've been listening to. But Cool. Uh, uh, cool. New Almond Brothers album that I discovered this week. Had no idea it was coming out. Had no idea that it came out. It just came out, I think, within the last week or two. Uh, live. It was a live album from 92. Almond Brothers, Play All Night, Live at the Beacon. Uh, it really means a lot to me because, you know, I got into the Almonds uh, after seeing their Woodstock 94 performance, I think. Obviously, I grew up with a lot of that, hearing a lot of that music because my dad would listen to people like CCR and some of the Almond stuff. But I uh, certainly got into them on my own in that era, when, in the in the early to mid-90s when it was Warren and, and Dick, when they were all together. Warren and Greg and Dickie and in the beginning of Derek Trucks the album's amazing and then what it did it led me it led me to this the, the Woodstock 94 performance on YouTube which is available in full and I just have to play the intro it's amazing it's it's unbelievable and it's like broadcasting 101 and I feel like with a lot of these live streams and things we don't get this kind of anchored coverage anymore you guys have to hear this this is the intro to uh, the Allman Brothers playing at Woodstock 94. I'm not sure who this VJ was. It was on the pay-per-view, which I was one pay-per-view. of the, I did order. Okay. Yeah. You got This is <laughs> nice. this is broadcast 101. It's unbelievable. The vamping and everything. Right, that's, here we go. Listen now, to this. In the spirit of this festival, everybody gets to represent. We're running the gamut from world music to folk to metal to rap, gospel, classic rock. That's what is she talking about? Now, yeah. <laughs> one of the tightest bands on the planet. They've been together for 25 years, so you know you got it right. Share. Are you watching? Your ex is about to represent. <laughs> the new LP, Where It All Begins, is their first studio recording since Shades of Two Worlds in 91, and it's so cool the way that they recorded it. Like, she, after every sentence, she thinks they're going to come on stage, obviously. I mean, this is a pro. I don't know who this is. Dickie Betts said it was the first time he's ever heard his guitar sound the way it should sound, booming through those big amplifiers, not those tiny little headphones. The result is one of the best albums they've ever turned out in their 25 years of playing together. They're looking good today here at Woodstock Night. Yeah, they are. Wow. You kind of feel like you're flying if you just sit back, close your eyes. Wow, she's still going. Elements. It's they amazing. Are definitely, definitely the tightest band you will probably see today in terms of strictly musicians. Like, what is she talking they may about? They have like those pyrotechnics or the showmanship Pyro. or Metallica, but I'm telling you, their <laughs> licks are untouchable. They sound probably as fresh today as Cream must have sounded in 67 or, or Santana in 69. <laughs> wow. Greg Allman will be on vocals today. He'll also be playing the Hammond beat. Of course he will. He's been on vocals for 40 years. <laughs> Warren Haynes on vocals lead and slide guitar. Alan Woody. Now she's the reading page. the playbill. He's coming for you. And, of course, backing the whole thing up, we got J-Mo on the drums. Watch this guy. He's just a fireball of energy. There's eight Which people in the band. This will definitely waste drums. time. And we got Mark Quinones on <laughs> percussion. Together they are the Almond Brothers Band, ABB2, y'all. I am telling you, uh, we made the front page of the New York Times this morning. All the people of the second generation of the Woodstock Nation. It is history Harrison, now, she's still going. This is unbelievable. 
Welcome home to the POWs here, waving their flags, and uh, the Jerky Boys who joined us on stage. People showing up. The Jerky all Boys. The boys. The jerky you know, you'd think the place would have been cleaned out by now because of all the terrible, terrible weather we've had. But the nation is standing strong. Look at that. Look at that. 300, 400,000. Who can tell how many people are here? It's a lot of bodies, and that's all we know. They are ready. Wow. I also want to let you yes, know. This is what you get when you pay for pay for your. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This is the Almond Brothers band. That's how you fucking broadcast. That's incredible, you guys. Is that amazing? amazing. Hitting the post. That is that is how you do it. How right. long was that? How I, long was that? That was a continuous that was, for like That was what? two minutes and 42 seconds. Wow. wow. Continuous. Yeah. Off the cuff street. Like, that was amazing. All right. Well, well I'll, let the, I'll, I'll, I'll let the... I'll let the... I'll hire her to walk around and do that kind of intro for me wherever I go. Anybody who wants mean... to get into broadcasting, watch that clip. It's amazing. Uh, let's let the... Let, we'll let the almonds take us out this week because she right. introed them so well. Anything else, guys? No, that's good, man. All right. Cool. Good show. Yep.